Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a garbage day! Huh? No! Welcome to Lamb Chop's Play Along. My name is Lamb Chop. With me, as always, is my pal Charlie Horse. And Merry Christmas to everybody. Parker, did you watch any good Christmas movies? Chris, I watched Must so many be Christmas nice movies. because I didn't get to watch any. I didn't get to watch Miracle on 34th Street. I didn't get to watch a good version of The Grinch. I didn't get to watch Charlie Brown. I didn't get to watch uh, my favorite Christmas movie, one of my favorite movies of all time, It's a Wonderful Life. No, instead, I've had to watch the bad version of The Grinch. I had to watch Jingle All the Way and Jingle All the Way 2. And I had to watch both Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. How was your Christmas? Well, you picked the first three of those, okay, so don't so, talk to right, me. Yeah. Second of all, I watch a Christmas special. You might have heard of it, Chris. It was called Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and I hope you fucking choke on it. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't listen to our Swinging Pizzagate podcast, just know the first 20 minutes of the week, was that week 15? <laughs> no, week 16, the newest one. Is me recounting this incredible trip down memory lane that was caused by you and your garbage cheating team full of shitheads. Which I will edit and get uploaded as quickly as possible. So and don't worry, work. guys. If you love Christmas content, and I know you do, tune in this weekend for the Hamtaro Christmas special that I get to watch. <laughs> I'm so because happy. Because why would I get anything good in my life? Well, you know, uh, you'll tie joy and all that. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get any movies besides Dreams with Sharp Teeth, which yes is a Harlan Ellison movie, but you know, Mr. J. I could shut up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm you know I'm just full of holiday good tidings, etc. But it's nice to watch something that has to do with Christmas besides a Christmas tree. So we watched in in prep. Well, the real the real meat here of the episode is. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Everyone knows this from the YouTube clip Garbage Day, where some guy shoots another fella while saying Garbage Day. He's holding a trash can. It's a very bizarre moment in film history. But we're like, okay, to prepare for this beast, we should watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 1. Uh, we watched it. <laughs> I probably should have warned you, huh? Yeah, that. I have to admit, that wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it would be. It's definitely a bad movie. But it's very interesting. I I think a lot of time and effort got put into it, and not a lot of talent either in front or behind the the uh, camera. But boy, that this was actually kind of a fun watch. Should it surprise you that it's one of Tarantino's favorite slashers? No, he likes weird shit like that. He sure does. So uh, this movie, I don't care what you say. That definitely was Joe Pesci in Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> Didn't that look just like him? It, it, it was upsetting. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was him. But uh, anyway, so Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you guys don't already know, you should really go to terribleblog.net for Parker's full review on it. It's one of the best things I've ever read in my life. It basically tells the story of this young boy who witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa. That he gets raised up in an orphanage, and he's further traumatized by Christmas and Santa Claus. Then he's 18. He's working in like a Toys R Us, and then they put him in a Christmas costume, and he goes around and he murders everybody because he's, he's been psychologically tormented. That's kind of interesting because it kind of blurs the line between who's the victim and who's the oppressor. 
it's kind of different from a lot of typical slashers. Like you think of a typical slash, you think of like Psycho and Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, even Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a little bit of mystery to them. And in all of them, except for Nightmare on Elm Street, you don't know who the killer is until the movie ends. And in this one, you know who the killer is throughout the entire movie. And it's very obvious, okay, it's going to be him, he's going to do this, and he doesn't even bother discover, like disguising his face. It's just, yeah, just get his handsome mug all over the place, which, hey, I'm in favor of. But Absolutely. you're never really left, sorry, you're never really left guessing, are you? No, but what really sets it apart for me from all the other slashers that everyone remembers, it's just fucking mean. There's oh, a yeah. real mean streak in that movie, and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, you know, as a Catholic, it kind of hurt watching that orphanage run by Mother Superior, <laughs> who, by the way, might be the most distasteful character in film history. Oh. How do you feel about her portrayal in the second one? <laughs> Sweet <laughs> revenge. I was very happy that uh, that she was portrayed in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was everything that I was hoping for from a bad 80s sequel. Uh, and it, it did everything that I wanted it to. Um now, I have to admit, I, th- I think, well, I might as well get into it. So we're like, yeah, this is all just a setup. Like, now I know who is who, why, what happened, etc. So let's watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. <sighs> so, first things first, they set I've up... I've seen an- this movie like three times and I didn't think to warn you. Hey, just so you know, the first 40 minutes... Or the first movie. Yeah, the first 40 minutes, which I, I counted, too. The first 40 minutes. Same. These movies... Look, the second one definitely has fans. I know. It's like, oh, it's a cult hit because it's so bad, it's good sort of thing, whatever. These movies were not meant to be watched back-to-back. Because if you watch them back-to-back, I guarantee you will be on your phone or reading a book or jerking off or doing something else. You will not be paying attention. Well, you have to remember, the first one got pulled from theaters how quickly? Uh, like, you couldn't find it. You yeah, could I have, not find this movie. Yeah, I have to admit, these people who were so upset over the first movie, like, Siskel and Ebert, you see what they were doing? They oh were just, like, God. so, like, outraged Dear at this movie. Mickey Rooney, who would go on to star in Part 5. Which, oh, how sad is it that there is a Part 5? I... I, I don't see the outrage here. It's like, oh, you're portraying Santa as evil. It's like, well, they're trying to make a movie. They're trying to scare people. It's a thing, you know? It's like, what it was like, oh, what if kids say it? Well, what are you doing showing this movie to your kids? Exactly. Raise your kids better. I mean, between that and fucking everything with heavy metal for the entirety of the 80s. Okay, yeah, there's that too. I mean, I mean what's shocking to me is that the first movie beat out Nightmare on Elm Street the first week. And then... Well, Instead of, like, writing the publicity of, like, it's so shocking, they don't want you to see it, they just pulled it, and then you couldn't get your hands on it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, is that, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street went on to be a great movie. Silent Night, Deadly Night, it is what it is. But the second movie, first of all, it starts off with them setting up an audio recorder. That takes at least six hours. Oh, my God. I'm just, like, the looking around, The longest opening credit sequence in movie history. It, you know, it, it's something like a movie like The Conversation. That might actually matter. Or perhaps Stas Lieben der Anderen. But not a movie like this. It, it, what, a, what a foolish, foolish thing to do. It's like, the entire time you're like, oh, my God, they are padding this out. They are padding this out so bad. And it's, it's at this point that I realize it's like, oh, my God, the fact that there are five Silent Night, Deadly Nights, that is, like, the biggest joke to me of any sort of Hollywood sequel. Like, Isn't it incredible? I mean, they used to be like, oh, Rambo 6 or Rocky 18 or Friday the 13th, 13th. 
But for this one, for them to be even five Silent Night, Deadly Nights, people still keep going to these? That is outrageous. Well, if I was to tell you there was a soft reboot, so there's actually six, my friend. I would I would ask why you called me friend. <laughs> you know exactly why. Because January's just a barren wasteland, and we have all this content we can watch, Chris. Oh, Jesus. So, like I said, these movies weren't meant to be watched back-to-back, because if you watch them back-to-back, you'd be like, I, I know, I already saw this, they're not even changing anything. It's it's so bizarre. They just replay all the footage from the first movie. And in fact, I have to wonder... Why did I even watch the first movie? They replayed <laughs> practically every single scene. Because I'm a terrible friend. And at this point, it becomes clear that the producers didn't have enough money or perhaps not enough content, content to make a complete movie. Be, or maybe they just, you know, they just didn't know what they were doing. It's so embarrassing to watch. It really is. It's like when your school essay isn't long enough, so you include like really long quote blocks to artificially extend the paper. Like, how humiliating is that? <laughs> but, you know... The fandom, I guess, is kind of lucky because they never really actually have to go back and watch the first movie, except to get the scene of Grandpa Gebbles going absolutely nuts. From what I understand, the studio called this director in to just recut the first movie. Just like, hey, this movie was in the theaters for like a week and then got pulled. You couldn't rent it anywhere. So just recut it, we'll re-release it. And then he got like halfway there and he's like, I don't there's not enough here to make a movie so they gave him like a hundred grand in a week to film it's like <laughs> oh good luck god. fucker oh my god that actually if you watch out the movie that totally bears out the assumption what well, you mean how every single set is either one room or just a street <laughs> yeah that, i totally believe it in how every actor looks like they were available for 25 dollars a day also spoilers no one got paid <laughs> oh i yeah there's no there's no way uh <laughs> Well, I know one person got paid. We'll get to that person later. Even though it's like but one person like, and she has no lines. But uh, but you ask me why this movie is so good. Because it takes the first movie, cuts literally every single kill from it, puts it in here, and then adds on top of it the most insane acting I've ever seen by a human being in my life. Uh, second most. Because again, I, I honestly, and this is a point I, I feel that I really need to make because I care about it. The first movie's grandpa, holy shit. So good. I want him in every movie. When he finally, like, comes to life and he's yelling at Billy, it it is just so over the top. And it is so much fun for me to watch. You're always Santa Claus, don't you, boy? (laughs) He's the death curse guy from Friday the 13th. Like, if I saw this as a child, that would scare me more than any of the kills. It is horrifying. I think I probably would have laughed out loud. <laughs> uh, Sweet old grandpa faking being comatose just to pull you aside and tell you Santa's gonna murder you. I never met. I, I never met either one of my grandfathers. Oh, hey, my <laughs> sister's cat came to join me. How's it going, Daisy? Uh, oh, hi, sweetie. <laughs> she went right up to the mic to do that. I want to leave that one on there. Um, anyway, so. What gets to me is that this concerns the younger brother of the killer from the first movie. This one's Ricky. Uh, how how do we describe this young man's appearance? Um, interesting. How about that? Yeah, it's it's a little bit difficult to exactly put my finger on what it is. I guess he's good looking, but he's he get it. Yeah, but like, and he's played by all these different actors at different stages of his life. Why does he look so different in each one? Because it was probably a producer's kid. <laughs> That's, That's how I describe most of the people in the first movie. Yeah, but when he's a teenager, he looks like he's played by Troy McClure from... The, <laughs> or Troy McGregor from uh, fucking uh, Final Sacrifice. 
<laughs> we can't do this again. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we've already mentioned this movie twice. But goodness, I mean, like, I think gonna love this movie because they're doing the flashbacks, and it's him scenes from when he was literally an infant in the back seat of the car. <laughs> like I was, how could you possibly remember that? Yes, because. I was there, and then it's never <laughs> spoken of again. Oh yeah, when he's being A interrogated plus. by Doctor Bloom, he is—he's oh, so really good. weird, isn't he? Just his wow, eyebrows really are doing more out. work. <laughs> I've never seen someone's eyebrows do as much as his has done in this movie. That must have they given him never... like some sort of headache, right? Because because apparently, <laughs> I've dug up interviews from this dude. Like everything was like, you have one take. You are crazy. Go. And there were no dailies. There was no watching like, hey, do I look like a fucking weirdo in this? It's like, nope. Move it. Next scene. You're going to stand here. You're going to stay lined here. You're going to walk here. You're going to say that. Go. So he saw this movie when it was done. Oh, the, 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 which is not how you make a movie, as it turns out. That poor fella. I have to admit, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like... He's not as muscular as he looked at this movie. He was just wearing a tight shirt. I think, if I remember right, he used to play baseball like his whole family. I think one of his relatives actually plays baseball still, like for the Tigers, I think. Oh, well, never mind. His whole family was just a bunch of big Chad jocks ruining my horror genre. No no wonder I identified so much with this protagonist. Because uh, you. <laughs> you two don't sleep (laughs) (laughs) and after he punishes dr bloom he walks out of there uh but he's also talking about like the rest of the whole movie is basically told in flashback it's like oh and that's when i killed this one guy for trying to rape a girl and then i hooked up with someone else and it was it was just kind of weird it's like all the all the sex scenes in here are shot like a softcore porno and it's very uncomfortable uh, so he takes her to a movie theater <laughs> where they watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 during Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. It's so good. They found an excuse to use even more footage. I, I That's a, the first thing that I thought, but the whole time I was thinking, it's like, you couldn't just give me the grandpa scene? If you put in the no. grandpa scene, there is actually no reason to watch the first Silent Night, Deadly Night. I mean, you're missing the most crucial part of this first half. Oops. So it's basically just the first movie. With him talking over it, right? Mm-hmm. Chris, this is the world's first nostalgia critic video. Just taking an old movie and talking over it in a silly voice. How does this make you feel? I... I... <laughs> oh, if you could see the face that I I'm making watched now. it, so you don't have to, Doc. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> fucking movie the, God, oh, what is, said he reads every line like he doesn't speak english and he's reading it phonetically oh i mean there is that too yeah wait did he kill anyone when he was like a young kid or anything i don't i don't think so when they sent him off to live with the rosenbergs so he wouldn't freak out about santa what, what was it rosenbergs or golden bombs or something it was like the most jewish name ever and something he was just like tasteful yeah they didn't really do christmas i was like you could just say that they were jewish it's okay <laughs> you got his first kill where that dude tries to rape the girl and then he runs over the guy and then backs up and runs over him again yeah just repeatedly like it's fucking twisted metal <laughs> oh my god this movie the girl says thank you I was yeah, just like, you remember the first movie? He saves that girl from getting raped, and she screams. So he guts her. Yeah, he just she has just to says thank her. you and moves along. It's like, see, be 
I mean, show some respect. This is murdered a human being. This is how you get saved. Remember that girl bumps into him with a tricycle. She says, sorry. And he's like, that's okay. And you're just like, boy, that poor sucker. (laughs) He has no idea how to act. Uh, So he's sitting there at the movie theater watching this movie. And it's like, oh, blood and guns and violence and explosions and stuff. And she's like, you like this stuff? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I do. And I was the whole time I was just saying to myself, I was like, gee, I actually kind of do identify with him. Because that was basically the trailer to Mad Max Fury Road. You like this? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's that one guy in the back of the theater who has never existed. <laughs> so good. Are, are we not sure that he was just a figment of both of their imaginations? Because no one like that exists. I would not rule out anything in this movie being real. Like, he goes in to kiss her, the guy makes noises, and then he stops from kissing her, and the guy calls him a faggot. And she's just like, well, <laughs> we know that's not true, and he's still upset. And I, I got the admit, best reveal, where he kept leaning into his friend, saying something, going back to eat popcorn, leaning in to say something, leans back to eat popcorn, leans in, and then Ricky's <laughs> face is there. Like, I died. Shh! naughty (laughs) that was that to me was one of my favorite lines of the movie although and i have to admit i'll I'll set this up first so her ex-boyfriend chip comes in oh Uh, my god we got to talk about chip um we certainly do chip is remember the mystery science theater 3000 ega episode one of my favorite lines in there was sorry about the face and (laughs) when as soon as i see uh chip in there my first thing is like oh no Oh, this 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 fucking guy. He has he he decided to put himself in a major motion picture. That's that's hardly fair at all to him. This guy is here to get brutally murdered. And that's that isn't even like his real hair or anything. Anyway, he seems like the least likable human being in history. I have no idea why this girl hooked up with him. Um, and uh, regrettably, uh, he he keeps talking to her and all this other shit, and. Uh, the girl whose name I don't remember uh, notices that he's with Roxanne and she says and she, Roxanne is very clearly waiting for this guy and she says uh oh meters running chip or did you use a credit card and I was like that one actually got me I've never heard that one before basically calling his date a prostitute <laughs> so really tastefully done this movie yeah well you know not exactly Christian humor here um now, what I do not appreciate was Chip driving a Mustang. Don't make your antagonist a Mustang driver. But Ricky's our hero had his cool ass biker jacket. Oh yeah, that was ridiculous. And then he killed him with the Mustang too. You know, electrocuted him with the jumper cables. <laughs> By the way, like this scene's so inconsequential, but I have to back up and just remind you of the scene in the alley where he impales a guy with an umbrella and then opens it. Oh yeah, that was I weird. clapped and giggled like a child. So he kills Chip, and yeah, he killed some guy with an umbrella like he's a fucking penguin. And uh, he kills that guy with the umbrella like he's a penguin, and he also <laughs> kills his girlfriend. How does he kill his girlfriend? Oh, that's when he rips an antenna off the car. Oh yeah. And strangles her while literally going cross-eyed. If oh, you think yes. that's not going to be <laughs> the episode art, you're out of your mind. Uh, well, what about the cop who comes by where I immediately <laughs> wrote in all caps, Old Don Knotts looking head ass. <laughs> he just walks up holding the gun limp wrist with one hand. I say don't move, boy. And the 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 hat is jauntily to the side there, like Boy, I only got one bullet in here, and I don't want it to have your name on it. 
<laughs> this movie makes me so happy, you guys. And then is the part that you told me I was in for a treat for. He just goes on a rampage and starts killing people. <laughs> the fucking spinning camera 360 degrees around him like it's the fucking opening to It Follows. Whatever movie. <laughs> and the other best part about it is the other movie took place during Christmas. And it was just like, you know, if you watched it for Christmas, you'd be like, oh, this is kind of, you know, whatever. This movie takes place during June, I'm pretty sure. This is just midsummer day in fucking L.A. on some <laughs> cul-de-sac they could film on for the afternoon. Oh, I'm just it's, walking it's, it's down it's the absurd. street, violently murdering people. <laughs> with the Like, every time he kills someone, he laughs harder and less human. And it gets funnier every single time. It's, it's at this point where you realize that this is one of the reasons why you don't put a really or at least a semi-good-looking person into a role where they're going to make goofy faces. Cause Disagree. It's, it's the exact <laughs> reason why. <laughs> well, this means that he's never going to have another role, but spoiler alert, he probably wasn't going to get one anyway. <laughs> so, uh, here's the thing. I've seen the Garbage Day clip like 50, 60,000 times, and every single time I watch it, I've just filled with a, you know, with a hotter and hotter burning question here. What is the sense of that scene what what is the point of that what does it mean in context well now i can safely tell you that it means about as much when you watch it on youtube as you do when you watch it in this entire 90 minute movie i thought you were going to say you've watched it fifty thousand times and it's always funny because i was going oh it is it is it's absolutely it never stuff. ever fails to put a smile on my face as soon as the guy says garbage day and he shoots the guy through the trash can like what i but the low-key, even better part is when he walks away going, Ha ha ha! Nah! And then he stops, and then he looks at the gun and, and laughs again. <laughs> Which, I, we have to wonder, why haven't they made a Garbage Day uh, slasher movie? Yeah, that's actually a good question. Now that you've put that thought into the world, it's all over. I'm, I'm just saying, studios, if you want me to write a spec script, I could do that. You know, just like that. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Ricky from this movie, although I don't think that would hurt. Anyway, Ricky kills a whole bunch of people and uh, puts on a Santa Claus outfit, I guess. I don't remember what leads him here. And then he decides, let's go pay Mother Superior a visit. Oh, well, the biggest problem with the first movie that you clearly do not agree with is that Mother Superior terrorized that boy the entire movie and he did not get his sweet revenge. I, well, Boy, if the last 15 minutes isn't him chasing down a crippled nun who had a stroke <laughs> and a burned face. Well, see, that's what got me. Is one of my biggest laughs of the movie was when he when you hear that uh, TV talking about, oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. And then he just yells, ah, and destroys the TV. <laughs> and then it, cuts to, then it cuts to a different angle where you can just hear him destroying that room like it's the wall. And then Mother Superior comes out in a completely different room on her wheelchair, like looking back like, what the hell? <laughs> it's so fucking good. And now, so this is, <laughs> sorry, I just remembered something else. 
<laughs> so uh, anyway, he decide they decide this is what really got me is the reason I like Mother Superior so much in this movie is that she is just so unbelievably set in her ways. She just will she not is. admit that she was wrong. She takes up a knife to defend herself. <laughs> she is ready to go out swinging. Yeah, she, she is. She has for no give up. She. I want this girl on my wrestling team. I'm not lying. You know, <laughs> it's a real like. I knew this day would come, Ricky. Just like, Which, yeah. By the way, if you remember, she liked Ricky in the first movie. She had no problems with this kid. No, she didn't like anyone in the first movie, but she tolerated him. <laughs> she really hated Billy. Oh yeah, she, she definitely beat the shit him for catching a couple having sex. <laughs> she beat the shit out of him I for agree. That is a powerful sin. When you have sex, you lose your essence and your power. <laughs> she was instilling him with good values. This <laughs> is that like that Peter Molyneux tweet where it's just, <laughs> or Stephen Molyneux. I don't know the difference between these two people. Where he's talking about how lead pipes were what sunk the Roman Empire, and soy in the blood <laughs> is what sunk this <laughs> empire. <laughs> He actually said this. I'm making it up. All I see are soy boys where there should be gratitude. <laughs> Look, yeah. I, is it embarrassing that I don't actually know what soy boy means? We'll have this discussion off mic. You know, <laughs> this is a very swinging pizza cake <laughs> discussion. Our brands are cross pollinating just in time for Christmas. Oh, you little damn tight, everyone. It's a Bethlehem miracle. So, uh,. <laughs> So he gets her, uh, and the police come just too late, and they're sitting there just looking at Mother Superior sitting there, and then her head slides off, like, oh, didn't see that one coming. Uh, yeah, that realization that this movie ends with them decapitating a handicapped nun. This who kind of so deserved good. it. She needed to die a movie ago, and she <laughs> ate it. Or at least get imprisoned. She was just so terrible at raising that kid. He was, like, cultivated to be that evil. Anyway. Cut her fucking head off with an axe. I know. the Santa. And then, unfortunately, he gets killed. He gets killed dead, okay? First he gets shot in the chest. Keeps on going. Fine. I've seen a Western. They get shot in the heart. Like, right there. No, that... you, You can't survive that. Then he gets shot a third time and defenestrated. And at the very end of the movie, his eye opens... Are you kidding me? <laughs> the woman's laying there. She sees an unsevered head and screams, and then his eyes open and he smiles, and then credits roll. A plus. So this is what gets me: is that this movie was made, and I assume someone somewhere saw it. How on earth do you make a sequel to this? Because as far as I can tell, there are two options you can go. My initial one was, oh, Billy's still alive, like he's fucking Jason Voorhees. Or, and I, I have a feeling this could be it, because I haven't read the IMDb summary. I'm sure you already know it by heart. But uh, my prediction is that, you know how there were kids outside Mother Superior's house, like, skipping rope and stuff? I bet one of them witnessed it and was inspired to go on their own Santa Claus killings. You search your heart for the real answer, that it was a direct-to-DVD franchise. So you just took a script and then put a name on it that people would recognize. Oh. Yeah, three through five have nothing to do with either of these. Oh. Hence why I have not watched them. I own them because I make good choices, but I have not watched them. Oh, I bet you do, but what? <laughs> I'm actually disappointed. I kind of hope they would find a way to like yeah, continue the story. Because I, I remember listening to podcasts forever ago, and they were so fucking excited. Like, dude, how much crazier is going to get? <laughs> and the next episode started, they were just like, oh. <laughs> they just pulled a Hellraiser and just took some script like... I don't think that most of them even take place near Christmas or have Santa or anything. Uh, well, but I will report back one day. No, 
At the end of all of this, what have we learned about Silent Night, Deadly Night? Was it worth it to watch a movie just based on a silly YouTube clip? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh... this, this movie is the room for me. This is a bad <laughs> movie I could watch every year and never ever get tired of it you see that's the thing it's when you ask it was like oh what's bad about the movie it's like a the acting is is pretty silly and b it's there's no mystery as to what's going on so you know what's going to happen but to me the answer the worst thing of this movie is c the first 40 minutes are just a straight not even a recap it's stealing the footage it's just remember what happened so do we this is, this is what you Half get. of the movie is all the violence and gore and murder from the first movie being narrated by someone doing the most performing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And then on top of it is just something you have to... Like, garbage day, but for 40 minutes. It's incredible. <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I can't I get his watch face out of my head. head. It's... Every time he is on screen, his eyebrows move with every prolonged syllable, and I'm so here for it. His eyebrows are moving nonstop, and his eyes are just dead and vacuous. Now, it's incredible. The question here is, it's pretty obvious that we would recommend Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 to children of all ages. Oh, but absolutely. Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think our main problem here is whether we can recommend this. Because you're going to get most of it, in fact, almost all of the good bits in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. This isn't me, like, making anything up. It's verbatim stolen in the second movie. But I would recommend watching it just for the grandpa scene and then turning it off. And I'm not kidding about that. In fact, there should be, like, a fan edit. Take everything that leads up to the grandpa scene, then edit it into the first into the second movie, release it as Silent Night, Deadly Night 1.5 or something like that. Or, or, or like, 2 and a, I don't know, like... Just Silent Night, Deadly Night the way it was supposed to be. And <laughs> final cut. you are going to be in good shape. We, we the, Other than that, there really is no reason to watch the first movie. Because again, all like, the good bits are recounted besides the grandpa scene. He's narrating the entire thing. So he's giving you the context of why these scenes are happening. He's talking you through the entire first movie. <laughs> in a way, only he can. Oh, yeah. I have to admit, if I was, I'm pretty good at impressions... I don't know that I can do an impression of this guy. It's, it's Good just... call. <laughs> oh, red car. Put that one together, didn't you? And you're just like, oh my god. It's like he saw like three episodes of Law and Order. He's he's my hero. Yeah, but, so you, know, you can tell like, where he just, gets it from Grandpa, right? He, he just like disappeared from the acting world for like two decades. What, he ever came back? Like people could not find him. Like oh. he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh yeah, forever. I think I, I think I read that on like the IMDb where they, it was just like, uh, oh, hi Daisy. Uh, it, it, people were like, yeah, they tried to get him for like the commentary. They just could not find this guy, and they were, and they were just like, oh yeah, where is this guy? Maybe he died or something. Then he showed up to a screening in like 2013. Can you just imagine? There's like a screening. You just walk in like your regular Joe Schmo. You get to the garbage day scene royalty. and everyone's laughing. You're just like, oh, geez, that was the director I told mean, me to say that. <laughs> he knows. What I listened to yesterday is I listened to a horror podcast called Shockwaves. You? And last Christmas, I gave you had, my heart. They had the Billy from the first movie and this guy who played Ricky in the second movie on together to do a Christmas episode. And it was everything I ever wanted. Oh, my God. That's look, when we hit the big time, we are absolutely going to get these stars. I want him to be our producer more than I've ever wanted anything. 
Just, can you imagine him giving us instructions as to, like, a recording? Yeah. How about you move your mouth a little bit closer to the mic, Parker? <laughs> Read this blue apron ad for me. <laughs> Fresh ingredients. Good call. <laughs> God. We oh need to make God. money immediately. We need to pay him. Oh, oh, geez, that's that is incredible. I love him. I love this movie so much. Yes. <laughs> I didn't watch Gremlins this year. I didn't watch Die Hard. I didn't watch any of those Christmas movies. But you better believe I made a room in my heart for this. <laughs> a room, yeah. The room could be a Christmas movie if it was just Silent Night, Deadly Night too. And again, you know, I would have liked to have watched It's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Or Crumpy Cat's Terrible Christmas or whatever. Oh, yeah. But this this movie has a newfound place in my heart. But And again, I'm actually really frustrated with the first movie. Because the fact that the second movie recounts so much of it is that fans know that they don't have to watch it. They're like, oh, we're going to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. And people don't have to ask which one. You know, they, they know you're, you're going to watch two. And you're not going to watch one because one really only has one good scene that you can't find anywhere else. I, I, I don't really know a very good analogy for this it's like I, I does this happen in like video games it's like oh what about this like they remade this video game but they forgot this one scene that's really good you know it's, it's we lost this footage sorry that's the thing is like we we have to reserve, we have to preserve grandpa gebbles we, we have i mean thanks to scream factory you can now get the first one in glorious blu-ray oh jeez can you imagine watching that movie on blu-ray which by the way it i want to it actually does not look bad like the second movie just straight up looks bad the second movie is it's it doesn't look like you know classic 80s you know but it it looks like i i have to admit i was expecting a movie with the name silent night deadly night and i i, I did not get that i got a movie that was like oh this looks slightly above average this movie falls squarely into the category of seeing is believing. Like, yeah, I'm sure you see the YouTube clip, but that does not do the, the whole thing justice. Yeah. <laughs> like that movie theater scene. Oh, the movie theater scene is a classic. Dunkirk. That was the turn off your phones and don't talk during the movie thing. Alamo played. <laughs> was him murdering that guy in the theater. Oh, the best part is it's a mostly bloodless death, so they could just show that. <laughs> it was so. Good. It was just him leaning over and then naughty <laughs> so that well, one of the other things is that uh, i the one thing i would disagree with with your review of the first iteration of the series is when you said that he says punish in a, in a loud roar or something like that no it's more like a normal chad being told to say a lie it was like sound angry when you say punish he goes says, punish and that's the way that he says it i'm not kidding <laughs> he fucking decapitates that guy skiing down a hill Oh yeah, that was your favorite scene. I know. I thought. I think. How could it not be? Well, I think my favorite scene is it gets played in the original movie and it gets played in the second one. Is when he decapitates a snowman. Like, there's no reason oh for God. it. Because I don't know. I haven't looked at the Blu-ray, but the DVD I watch was one of those ones where it's like, "Hey, we rustled together all these old film prints of all the gore we had to cut out." So he swings at the guy sledding that just cuts this really shitty, like, dailies-looking film with his head going flying. <laughs> oh, I didn't so even good. get that part. I thought I got the uncut version. I didn't even get that. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more blood in that first one. Yeah, the way that I saw it, it's just he yells, Marge, and the guy, then it cuts to, like, the bully at the end of the thing waiting for his friend, and then it just, like, a headless corpse comes sliding down on the oh, sled. No, no, no. 
the film gets in, like noticeably shittier, and then his head just comes bopping down the hill by itself. <laughs> oh, jeez. These movies make me so happy, uh, you guys. That is one last thing before we go. I, I have to say this. A horror movie ought to be scary. Neither one of these movies are even remotely scary. Can you name a scary slasher movie that scares you in your 20s? Uh, 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 um, wait, how? Hold up. I could make an argument for Friday the 13th. Not Friday the 13th. That one sucks. Uh, that movie totally sucks. The ending is scary. Correct. The ending still gets me. But I, I would make an argument for Nightmare on Elm Street. Even though there's a lot of silliness in that movie, there's a whole lot of... I don't know how they did that effect to the extent where it's like... And the best part about it is like the fact that it all happens in dreams. And that dreams are such an unexplored territory for science. I could... I could say that one almost gets me, but this one isn't even close. It's I have to wonder how anyone could ever be scared about this. It might make me afraid to neck with a girl on a billiards table, but it hasn't stopped me yet. That's so expensive to replace that. What is he fucking doing? Oh my god, that was so funny. That that laundry leaving a snail trail <laughs> on the pool table. <laughs> I'm a disgusting person. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, well, the good news is that... Christmas, everyone. Yeah, so our next movie, I mean, there are a whole bunch of Christmas movies we haven't got to, and, you know, it's also been a really good week for movies, such as, you know, Disaster Artist, Shape of Water, uh, and Three Billboards I haven't seen yet, but you're going to be watching Lady Bird next, so which one of those should we watch? Chris, it's just a time. We have to wrap up our top movies of 2017, and right under the wire, the best one comes out. Max Landis. Oh, no. David Ayer, director of Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. Oh, no. Or cop the movie, baby. I'll see you when it's bright out. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Fairy lives don't matter, y'all. <laughs> From Trigger Warning Entertainment. Jesus. How did we not think to steal that? <laughs> I can't believe that. Seems like a thought I would have, like, that'd be really funny. And then it's real. Oh, my God. Many people have wonderful memories of Christmas. But I think about Dante Fiber and painful bowel movements. Hi, I'm Jimmy Carter. When I was your president, you know, it's hard to believe it ever happened. It seemed so long ago. Well, one particular Christmas, after eating an entire cheese roll by myself at Camp David because I was nervous during an all-night meeting with Sadat and Bagan, I soon felt as if the whole world had been dropped on my shoulders and had lodged in my colon. This resulted in an inflamed hemorrhoid which one doctor said resembled Tip O'Neill's nose. My situation impacted the talk somewhat, but the problem was soon resolved with an extra-long teaspoon and my Eagle Scout knife. I only bring this up now because of the importance of history not repeating itself in future presidencies, and because I can't think of anything else to put in my books these days, which, by the way, make great Christmas gifts. Thank you.